Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Kyler Murray is the newest quarterback into the $200 plus million club. He agreed to a five-year contract extension worth $230.5 million on Thursday. On an average annual value basis, he is the second highest paid quarterback in football, just behind Green Bay Packers QB Aaron Rodgers. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Courtney Cronin. And Field Yates sitting in for Greeny on this Friday morning. Robert Griffin III, ESPN NFL analyst, dissected a little bit of the Kyler Murray contract, and he believes that this agreement between franchise and player is a positive. If Deshaun Watson can get a fully guaranteed deal with everything that he has going on off the field, then Kyler Murray and everyone else, these top players, deserve to get guaranteed money, fully guaranteed deals, and that's not what happened. But the, another win that they did have is earlier in the offseason, the, the team came out anonymously through sources and tried to trash Kyler's name. And this is a big win for Kyler and his agent because they stood pat, they stood their ground, and they ended up winning and not allowing the media a storm to kind of diminish his value and make him take 10 to 15 20 million dollars less and I think that's not talked about enough we have to stop allowing teams to negotiate through the media and drive guys markets down by saying negative things about them that really no one really even needs to know about whether they are true or false you'll remember back in February early March when Eric Burkhart, who represents Kyler Murray, came out with a very lengthy statement in very small print. You had to like really zoom in on the Twitter to, to read everything, um, but stated his case for his client. Kyler Murray, this offseason, scrubbed his social media of all things Arizona Cardinals, didn't show up for the early portion of the of the offseason training program, ended up coming for mandatory minicamp, and then gets his deal. So yeah, they took the long road to get there, even though the second that Kyler Murray was extended eligible field he ended up going you know going after his new bag but the way that this thing played out how do you feel about it just kind of knowing the type of quarterback Kyler Murray is and all that he hasn't shown yet but now has the security in spite of not having won a playoff game for yeah example. so Courtney I think I had to start by establishing a couple of truths about quarterback contracts right Never is a quarterback contract one where you're just like, ooh, that's like fair money. Like, I get it. Like, he's about the 12th best quarterback. He just got the 12th richest quarterback contract. It's never like that, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the quarterbacks that have been the highest paid ever over the past like six or seven years include Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Like, the best quarterback is infrequently the highest-paid quarterback. Patrick Mahomes' mantle at the top was short-lived. So let me establish that oftentimes teams don't really have a choice when they are considering the alternative and the human side of it, that if you don't get a deal done with Kyler Murray, you are staring at the prospect of a year from now 
or two years from now or three years from now having to turn the direction of your franchise or you've got a disgruntled player for multiple years. I'm willing to concede that in often, in most scenarios, a team almost has no choice. They, they kind of have to do a deal. I agree with that. But I'm also here to acknowledge that there is risk baked in, and I would argue there's abundant risk in some cases. We've got examples, and I talked about this last hour, that have aged extremely well already. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys are going to be bargains, right? I mean, Allen at $43 million less than Murray and Mahomes and Jack, excuse me, not, not Jackson yet, but potentially Jackson, Watson, Aaron Rodgers, like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, those guys will probably surpass him soon too. Like those numbers for Mur- for Kyle for Josh Allen are going to look pretty favorable soon. On the other hand, we've got cases like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Wentz has been traded twice since he signed his big deal. Jared Goff has been traded since he signed his big deal. And in both cases, the teams had to attach draft capital, or excuse me, in in the Jared Goff case, the team had to attach or draft capital, right? Like that was part of the deal from the Rams. It was basically it was like we're trading a Matthew Stafford. We want the first. But we also like are giving you another first to get off of Jared Goff's contract, or take on excuse me, take on Jared Goff's contract if you're Detroit. So um, there is risk, and we're five months removed from a report from Mort on Super Bowl morning, in which Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray was described as self-centered, immature, and a finger pointer. So, do I think this is a deal that is? Without risk? Of course not. It's not without risk. Now, I also I mentioned that, A, I don't think teams have much of a choice in some of these cases, and B, and you talked about this last hour as well, you write the ESPN.com file, which is updated weekly or, or every other week during the season, depending on the time of the year, on who the leading candidate for MVP is, and for a while... You just started with Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray and Kyler Murray. He was playing lights out. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a chance that all the concerns that have been expressed over the past 18 or 24 hours are gone by the middle of this year. But there's still something to prove here for Kyler Murray. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get renter's insurance to protect the things that make your place a home, including coverage for theft or damage. Visit Progressive.com. Okay, so... Lamar Jackson, you mentioned him, that not yet has he gotten that big deal, but this sort of thing, this contract that Kyler Murray got yesterday, of course, leads us down the path of when does Lamar get his? How much longer is this thing going to go on? Certainly, he should not step foot on the field week one if he doesn't have his big extension. He's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Statistically, he's won a playoff game. He's made two playoff appearances, unanimous NFL MVP in 2019. You've got to think that while Murray's deal is good in in a lot of sense, a lot of different respects, I mean, he still didn't get a fully guaranteed deal. And I know that that's because of what happened with Deshaun Watson back in March. That's what we're kind of judging things against. But how does this affect Lamar Jackson when he eventually goes to the negotiating table and says, let's get this thing done? Courtney, I don't know. And here's the reason why. I think... I feel confident that if Lamar Jackson wanted to have a long-term extension right now, he'd probably have one. What I mean by that is it's not like the Ravens are unwilling to pay Lamar Jackson, right? Now, Lamar may say that they're unwilling to pay him what he wants, but I don't know exactly what that number is. 
And if the Ravens are unwilling to go to $40 million per year or $43 million per year, then that, that, that's a joke, right? Like, that's not understanding the marketplace and not understanding Lamar's value to this team and to the league, candidly. But if they are putting offers on the table that are competitive and near the very top of the market— but they are not at fully guaranteed level, which is where Deshaun Watson is at, mm-hmm. then I understand why like I understand why other teams are not willing to follow the lead of the Cleveland Browns and fully guarantee a contract that's worth over two hundred million dollars for five years. I get that. I'm like while I sort of am of the fundamental belief that quarterbacks one day should all have fully guaranteed contracts, I also believe that it's going to take a different person being out in front than a guy in Deshaun Watson who's embroiled in 24 civil lawsuits. If Josh Allen had, let let me just put it this way. If Josh Allen had signed his contract before Patrick Mahomes, he got a fully guaranteed deal for five or six years. Well, then if you're Patrick Mahomes, you better believe you can go to the negotiating table and say, I want fully guaranteed. I want, maybe not for 10 years, that's such a long contract, but I want a guarantee that exceeds Josh Allen's. So I, I don't know what the snag is right now between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I have some guesses and I have some instincts, but like I don't know what the roadblock is right now for certain. And if the roadblock is the $230 million guarantee from the Cleveland Browns to Deshaun Watson, I'm not sure how many teams would be willing to extend that length right now. Yeah, it feels like this contract that we're going to be judging it against, Deshaun Watson's, um, is an anomaly. And NFL like team owners are going to try to pretend it doesn't exist because, they, and, and this is the reason that people need like need to know about. If you don't know, there's the funding rule, Correct. which requires team owners to put into escrow the same amount of money they're guaranteeing a player. So that's what the Cleveland Browns had to do when they gave Deshaun Watson his contract. They had to put two hundred thirty million dollars into this escrow account it's been in this is a rule that's kind of archaic in a sense and it's not actually tied to the CBA like it's not that oh we need to like have a new CBA ratified and we can get rid of this rule they could get rid of this now I don't think the owners necessarily want to do that because they can fall back on this and ignore some of the deals that we see or at least like the one that is the outlier and Deshaun Watson be like oh we can never top that I mean funding rule like let's just fall back on that these people are billionaires they could absolutely do it and why Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider who was on with us earlier, like he was talking about, you know, don't if you're if you're Lamar Jackson, you walk into Steve Bashotti's office and you don't take one penny less than two hundred thirty million dollars and have it all fully guaranteed. I understand the logic, I understand the rationale and and his right to go in there and do that. I just wonder how many owners are actually gonna follow suit field, like down the line. It feels like we're in a place right now that this is a billion-dollar industry, yep. and there's no reason to believe it's going to take any sort of step back after we've seen the deals that were doled out in the post-COVID era with the way that the economy is right now. There's no reason to think that it's going to go away from that as we try to figure out will the bubble eventually pop, but how that affects guys like Lamar Jackson and then down the line, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, the list will eventually feature a new quarterback group, you know, 
Kyler Murray's deal at that point and bring it kind of full circle might look like chump change because of what those new deals will be, but also just like how, how little of an effect he could potentially have on what the other group of quarterbacks were now waiting on to get paid, what those deals may actually look like in the end. Coming up next, Two A Days continues on ESPN Radio, and we're focusing on the San Francisco 49ers. Can they make it back to the playoffs with Trey Lance? That's next. This is Greeny, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Previously on Greeny. I think we are staring at the possibility that one month from right now, rather than Shefty tweeting the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo have agreed that he can seek permission or he can seek a trade, he might be tweeting, hey, after unsuccessful attempts to find a trade, The 49ers have decided to release Jimmy Garoppolo. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Field Yates, kicking it with you on a Friday morning. Weekly Rewind is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 888-877-ASK-DELL. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days, the San Francisco 49ers. I wouldn't want to move him, and I'm going to do everything I can, meaning stacking dollars in front of him to try and keep Debo Samuel. The problem is you might have to let him walk. Calling me, I'm asking for the moon. Like, two ones, which you won't get for him. You know, but at least something similar to what Kansas City got for Tyreek Hill. Jimmy wants out. The 49ers want to move him. They'd also like to get the $26 million off of their books and find someone else to take that on. So they will be searching high and dry for a, for a trade partner for a very low trade compensation. Well, they might be searching for a while uh, to find a place to send Jimmy Garoppolo. He is still on the 49ers roster. He's set to make $27 million this year. That's somewhat expensive for a backup in the grand scheme of things. Not really when you look at your entire quarterback room and how salaries are allocated. But nonetheless, Field, um, what you said yesterday about Jimmy Garoppolo and kind of what the story could be a month from now 
Am I wrong to think that the San Francisco 49ers now, because of what Baker Mayfield was traded for, because Cleveland just signed Josh Rosen to a one-year deal, and my idea that Jimmy Garoppolo might go there seems like it's all but kaput, that the options are getting more limited for the 49ers. You know, Courtney, there's a saying that beggars can't be choosers, and that is where the 49ers find themselves right now, is you have to take whatever you can get because – Just go around the NFL. You could do every single team that's not the San Francisco 49ers. And I can make a case for like maybe one or two of them having some level of Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'm telling you one thing that I can't do, which is make the case for a team to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $24 million this year, plus draft capital to San Francisco to acquire Jimmy G. The reality is that absent a reworked contract or absent him getting cut and becoming a free agent, I don't know how Jimmy Garoppolo changes teams. So is the right move for them? We, I mean, and also, I, I, I need an update from Jeremy Fowler or the people who keep reporting about him, and, and it's almost time for him to throw. I know Jeremy had the report we kept referencing over and over and over again this summer, like, He's almost there. He's going to be throwing soon. Well, can someone out there let me know if Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing yet? Because we don't know what he's going to look like coming off a of shoulder surgery this offseason and what that necessarily means for training camp. Like, could we realistically see the San Francisco 49ers actually have a quarterback competition between Garoppolo and Lance? Like, how do you think that's going to play out when they report to camp this next week? Courtney, I don't think it can be done. We have spent all offseason hearing from various 49ers teammates hyping up Trey Lance, and perhaps they're doing so to build the confidence of Trey Lance, but between George Kittle and Fred Warner and a variety of different 49ers stars, they're all talking about Trey Lance, and they are doing so in a tone that suggests that the starting job is not up for grabs. Now, all these guys also love Jimmy G. I mean, his popularity within that locker room should not be overlooked. But at this point, if you're the 49ers, you have to admit that you cast your die when you traded multiple first-round picks to move up to that third overall selection in the 2021 NFL Draft. You do not take a quarterback by also moving mountains to acquire that quarterback and then have him sit on the bench for multiple years when the guy in front of him in Jimmy Garoppolo is not a pro bowler, an all-pro guy. He's a really solid quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo is. But he's somewhere around league average in my estimation. He's This is not the Packers with Aaron Rodgers where moving on from Rodgers would have been a catastrophic mistake. Mm-hmm. The circumstances are so different here. So I have a hard time with this one because you, you can look back at what Garoppolo did. I think he's 33-14 and 14 as a starter. Um, one of the highest win percentages of, of, of players who have like a minimum of 50 starts just based on what we saw the first two seasons from him in San Francisco. First year, the team gets to the Super Bowl. Second time he's a starter, the team gets to the NFC Championship game. You can make the argument that they got there in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. There were a lot of moments that were kind of cringy, but they still got there. And, of course, quarterback play factors into that, so he can be good enough to get you there. I I guess that I don't necessarily – and I wonder what your opinion is on this. Like, is there harm in making Trey Lance – wait another season to get more I mean of all the quarterbacks in the second year group especially the five that were taken in the first round Davis Mills also a starter who was a sec is a second year quarterback of the six he's played the least amount of football like is there harm in making him you know 
not necessarily wait the whole year because I think Garoppolo would certainly be gone by the trade deadline um, and they should be able to command something for him and maybe the demand will get a little bit better. But is there harm in making Trey Lance wait a little longer before they're ready to give him the reins of the offense? There is harm in this regard, Courtney. Finances, right? Because if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster for week one of the regular season, that $24.2 million base salary becomes fully guaranteed. And you're the 49ers right now. You've got to pay guys like Debo Samuel, like eventually Nick Bosa, like some of the other pieces they have drafted in recent years that look like potentially really good players, whether it's Mike McGlinchey at right tackle or otherwise. You're going to have to pay these guys. And that $24 million, you don't get it back. It's not like if you cut Jimmy Garoppolo, you all of a sudden get a bunch of relief. You do not get any relief because it's guaranteed. So I think the 49ers are in a little bit of a pickle right now because while Jimmy Garoppolo might represent at this very moment at 11.27 a.m. Eastern time on Friday, July 22nd, the team's best option to win right now. If they had to lace him up and snap the football right now, Jimmy G may be their best option. Maybe. But that's not a problem. They can't have their cake and eat it too. It's a $24 million decision if you do not move on from Jimmy G. And I'm not sure it's really much of a decision. They may not have a choice in this matter. It's a very expensive cake. Very expensive cake. That's like... Cake made out of 24 karat gold. I was going to say, like, definitely not even... Like, wedding cakes are expensive. This is like a gargantuan expenditure. Oh, man. Tough decisions coming up for the San Francisco 49ers, but it'll be it makes training camp interesting because we're all watching to see if Jimmy Garoppolo gets released, if they keep him all the way down to cut down day, if they have the uh, ability to ask him to take a pay cut to stay on the roster. I don't know. There's so many options here for the San Francisco 49ers, but definitely one of the more intriguing storylines in the NFC West as ESPN Radio's Two-A-Days series continues on throughout training camp. Straight ahead, who's calling plays for the New England Patriots this season? Anybody know? We're not sure, but we're going to try to figure it out. That's next. This is Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I don't know if you guys have seen the Giants throwback jerseys that they're going to be wearing this year, games against the Bears and the Washington Commanders. And then the New York Jets just released their, what they're calling the stealth black schedule. Mm, I like these that. cool all black jerseys with like the green trim and these awesome matte black helmets. Um, they're going to be wearing those against the Patriots, the Bears and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I look at the schedule for both of these teams. 
And by and large, they chose their worst opponents, so their easiest opponents, their best chance to get a win while looking cool in their cool uniforms uh, to, to debut these and to wear these. I find it like homecoming field where you want to use your you want to pick your worst opponent because you don't want to lose when it's supposed to be a day of celebration and nobody wants to lose wearing the Lawrence Taylor-esque throwbacks if you're the New York Giants if you're playing teams like the Washington Commanders who could be uh, we don't know what they're going to be this year should mm-hmm. be a relatively um, amenable opponent for the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears both mm-hmm. of these teams clearly don't think very highly of what's going on in Chicago right now. Wow, Courtney. And you have to cover the Bears this season. I do. Your first I year on the I get beat to see the cool hometown. jerseys. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, at first I wasn't necessarily buying what you were selling. But now that you phrase it this way, I think I am. And I wonder if perhaps these teams are running a risk. Right? Because if you go through, if somebody is meticulous enough to list all of the opponents for the teams that aren't necessarily considered superpowers. Like, I'm not concerned about when, like... You know, listen, if like the Packers throw out some throwback uniforms, like they're good. They're really good, right? Like when the Packers, like they can win any single week. Mm-hmm. If you have a team, maybe it's the Jets, maybe it's the Panthers, as you referenced, maybe the Falcons, when they bring out their red uniform, their red helmets, and we go through that list and say that they kind of pick the teams that look on paper to be weakest, you could be up to something. And I'm going to turn it on its head, Courtney, is I'm going to motivate the teams that are the opponents for these throwback uniform games by saying they chose you. This is like when Nick Saban and Alabama pick that team they want to play late in November randomly during the SEC season to kind of break things up, have it a sort of a de facto buy. Motivation comes in many forms, Courtney Cronin. I have found the newest form of motivation for NFL This is bulletin board material right here. Like, they're going to wear their cool jerseys, and they're going to embarrass you in their cool jerseys uh, and helmets. Like... I love it. I think that you and I have created something here that now every single team is going to pin up in the locker room as bulletin board material. It is time. This is Greeny, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Field Yates, sitting in for Greeny on this Friday morning. So the New England Patriots are usually very good at uh, being gatekeepers of football information, things that they don't want out there because they believe it gives them a competitive disadvantage. They're pretty good at keeping that close to the vest. But apparently this year they're not – they're taking it like a step further. They're not even going to tell you who's the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, who's going to be calling plays. That is the question we've been asking ourselves for months now, Field, about Mac Jones in his second year within New England and wondering, now that Josh McDaniels is gone, who assumes that responsibility? We still don't know uh, unless something happened, and I'm just not aware of it. But I find it so interesting when you go to the Patriots website. I did this the other day when I was on air, and I was trying to figure out, like, who has the D.C. title? They don't even have that up there. Um, They like to list everyone's experience by years, which you can then maybe parse through that and be like, well, this guy has 14 years NFL experience on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe he will call defensive plays this year. But – there's no titles for OC and DC in New England, and I gotta wonder if this season goes south for the Patriots. Who do you pin the blame on then? If there's no offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator titles, like how is this whole thing going to shake out? Yeah, Courtney. So I think like my sort of cold take on the lack of a title for an offensive or defensive coordinator is that if things are going really well. We're going to sit here and laud how, 
you know, it's about the team and not me. And we're gonna pin we're gonna point backwards to when the Patriots last won a Super Bowl. They had no defensive coordinator. It was Brian Flores who was their linebackers coach. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem to impact them then, right? And in two thousand and nine, when Tom Brady won an MVP coming back from an ACL tear just a year prior. Who was the offensive coordinator then? Nobody. It was vacant. So I sort of think about these things as like, do they matter? It might matter like on an interpersonal level, right? I'm sure there are people within that building that would love the title to be a coordinator. Typically, a coordinator title comes with a pay bump as well, right? I think that once the games are actually taking place and when meetings are taking place during the week, and I would imagine this applies during training camp as well, there already is like a clear delineation of responsibilities amongst the staff. So it's one of those things that it's so unconventional. They're literally the only team in the NFL that is doing anything close to this that it's become a story. I wonder, practically speaking, how much it matters day in and day out, though. I do think it matters for the quarterback, though, mm-hmm. to know who's going to be in his headset in a year where we expect a considerable jump. Like, you've got the rookie part out of the way. This was a playoff team last year, and yeah, it didn't go so well in the wild card round. But Mac Jones was the quarterback of this team. He won the job, and there's a high ceiling there. So you've got to wonder, like, how that whole thing's going to play out. Like, are you giving Matt Patricia a trial run for a little bit of training camp, and then are you going to give Joe Judge a trial run? Like, how how does this whole thing happen? Because in the spring, it looked like Patricia was – in line to be the guy that was calling offensive plays for the second-year quarterback in Mac Jones. And he's his his official title, if you go to the website, says Senior Football Advisor, mm. Offensive Line. And we know that he was a defensive guy when he was with the New England Patriots the last time around and then went to Detroit, and now he's back there. You know, Joe Judge is an offensive assistant slash quarterbacks. That's what it says on the website. So if those two are, like, leading, you know, for that job – how does that work in terms of the continuity you're building with the quarterback and just the importance of making sure he's got the right voice talking to him during this year and you're not having to switch it up and, you know, test people out? I just I don't know how that works, like logically speaking, because it feels like there's it's there's more weight on that position than probably any other position because Bill Belichick hasn't had a second-year developmental quarterback like this in 20-something years? I mean, like, you know, it's been a while since he's been in a situation like this where he has to take a quarterback to that next level where he hasn't already been there yet. So I'm just wondering, like, if that maybe plays into it a little bit more than we're thinking. So what I would say is that if the Patriots don't have a clear plan in terms of who is Mac Jones working with most closely day in and day out, and who is the person that serves as the steward to Mac Jones, then this is an issue. In the way, same way, by the way, Courtney, that even if they did have somebody who had the offensive coordinator title, if there was some gray area, hey, is the quarterback's coach most responsible for Mac? Is it the coordinator? Is it the head coach? It would also be a problem. So um, that, to me, would be concerning. From what I have heard, and I think we're all still trying to figure out exactly how this is going to work mechanically, It seems like there is a pretty clear line to Mac Jones. There might have been some experimenting during the preseason when the reporters were around. Mm -hmm. Don't you also kind of wonder if that's sort of like, I don't know, the subterfuge is too strong of a characterization, but it's sort of like, all right, 
You guys are all talking about this. Let's keep you guessing a little bit. One day it's going to be Matt Patricia. One day it's going to be Joe Judge. One day it's going to be Bill Belichick. One day it's going to be Robert Kraft, the team owner, Colin plays, just to keep you guys off the scent a little bit. Because as you and I know from covering this league for quite some time now is that, like, I, I laugh at it for the most part, but, like, there are certain things that coaches prefer not to share that are just sort of funny, right? Like, you think they would be harmless, and and coaches view it differently. And that's just the reality of the NFL. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Bill Belichick's name thrown into that mix as well. I don't. I, I was trying to figure this out recently. I don't know the last time that he's called offensive plays. Josh McDaniels was there for quite a long time. I'm not saying that Bill Belichick wouldn't be able to do it, but does anybody know the last time he was like in the headset of a quarterback during a game? I well, I do know this, and this is obviously very, very different circumstances. But Bill Belichick has always had. And a level of influence over the quarterback position in the Patriots organization for many, many years with Tom Brady. The two of them would go over early in the week, the upcoming opponent, and talk about things that Brady saw on film and what Belichick saw on film. There was a year when, actually the year the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, where uh, they lost their quarterback coach early in, I think it might have been just prior to preseason, a guy named, uh, a man named Dick Rabine, who had been a longtime coach there. And They had Charlie Weiss as their offensive coordinator, but Belichick basically took over and became their quarterback coach for that season. Uh, And and so he has had stints where he has been very involved in the offense. We consider him a defensive guy. Yeah, but certainly, yeah, but certainly, of course, yeah, and certainly he is. He has spent the 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 bulk of his time working with the defensive side of the ball. But we've heard this in recent years, right? Like Mm -hmm. Sean McVay getting more involved with the Rams' defense as an example, right? I mean, we've seen coaches sort of cross pollinate in terms of responsibility. I tend to think, though, Courtney, that again, like I'm going to land on where I started, which is that. If the Patriots play well, we're not going to be talking about this, right? We're going to talk about how maybe they stole Mac Jones at pick 15 last year. If they don't, mm-hmm. it's going to be one of the reasons that we point to for why things should have or could have gone differently. Absolutely. And we know that Bill Belichick kind of actually likes the uncertainty, even though he pretends he hates being asked about it. I think that he loves being able to utter um, – we are not having any games for a while. We're not going to be calling any plays for a while. So um, don't keep asking, but keep asking in that same sort of circle of craziness. But uh, anyways, they don't have an offensive coordinator. They don't have a defensive coordinator. I guess we'll see how this thing plays out. Maybe the mystery is a good thing for the New England Patriots. All right, who you got is coming up in 30 seconds right after Field has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is here for you. And they're always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry along with 24-7 support, experienced staff, and curbside pickup at over 250 local branches. And you can get free access to product specialists ready to help you track down hard-to-find items. Plus, Granger's commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right. Let's welcome in the hashtag crew, Bubba, here for Who You Got. It's been a minute since I've played this, so I'll probably end up messing it up some form or fashion. But um, what are we starting with today? I'm a little concerned about field. I mean, do you even know how to play? Uh, No, I'll find out right now. (laughs) Oh, my God. Granger is going to be so disappointed in you because Who You Got is brought to you by Granger. So, don't mess it up. Okay, I won't. But we're going to start with this. Caesars, hold on, my phone's ringing. Turn I think it was off. me telling you the Zoom's frozen, but, you know. Don't worry that's about That's fine. You, you're just going to lead us in the darkness here. Don't worry about the Zoom. We're focused on who you got. 
Caesars, they release teams with the most bets on them right. to go 17 and 0. So, who you got? Who do you think has the most bets to finish with exactly 17 regular season wins? Who you got? Courtney, you go first cuz I'm 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 going to like overthink this yeah. a million times over. I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, good answer. That's that's my like just I mean, I know how hard the AFC West is, so I was waffling on that and trying to go maybe to like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. or the Rams, yeah. but I, I think the Chiefs as a chance for them to get back to the Super Bowl this year. I know that their offense looks different without Tyreek Hill in it, but I don't think people are like factoring that in that much because of who the quarterback is. So okay. I'm going with the Chiefs. They uh they do they have the most bets? I don't know. I guess Bubba's gonna tell us in a minute. Okay, well, my guess was I decided that, you know, I was thinking about the criteria. First of all, you have to be a good team, you would think, or you're a team that has like a Looney Tunes fan base that they all got together and they're like, for fun, we're going to do this, right? Like, so I'm like, is it the Carolina Panthers who just randomly have like a really fervent fan base? But then I was like, no, 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 no. It's got to be a team that's on the come up, that's sort of feeling itself right now and is legitimately good. I'm going with the Bengals. Ooh, wow. I like that one. Neither are what? correct. And the Bengals are not even close. Oh, geez. The Chiefs are fourth. Okay. And they only have one bet. So would you like to guess? The the uh, Bengals aren't even on the list. Okay. So, I mean, that's just an absurd Bills? guess. Bills? Is that a bad you, team? Would you like to guess? So you have the Bills. Would you like to guess another one, Courtney? Yeah, I'll guess another one. I'll actually go opposite ends of the spectrum. Maybe people are just, you know messing around right now, and it's uh, throwing hope out into the ether, believing that it might change the fate for your franchise this year. So I'll say Jacksonville. (laughs) The correct answer is Field saying the Bills. All right. The Bills have 19 bets to finish with exactly 17 regular season wins. The Cowboys and Rams are next with uh, three, then 49ers and Raiders. And then Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles, and Saints each have one. No Jacksonville Jaguars on there, so apparently nobody likes my logic. I put in a which few, is fine. I mean, Cowboys like it's your mine. money. You don't need to throw it around and, and do what I said you should potentially do to maybe change the uh, the outcome for your team and try to get some good juju going. But that's fine. It's fine. Field wins. It's fine. Good job, Field. All right. What's more likely in the AFC West? Only one team makes the playoffs or all four teams make the playoffs. Who you got? I'll start here. And I'm going with all four teams making the playoffs. Now, I understand that there's going to be probably like a cannibal effect, right? Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of division. There are obviously a, a fixed number of division games. Everybody plays each other two times. Like that's going to result in a winner and a loser, but I just think this division, I'm having the hardest time sorting through it right now, deciding which team is the best, that choosing which three would be like so bad they would fall at the playoff picture. I just I gotta go with all four making the playoffs. How about you, Courtney? This is so difficult. Great question. That's a fantastic question. Um because the Chiefs, like let's just look at them for a second. They have the like are you can argue they have the toughest schedule in the NFL this season yeah. just based on their opponents win total percentage for 2022 like it's the hardest in the league and then you know and on top of that the division that they're in in the AFC West I mean we saw them kind of get off to you know they're on unstable ground last year certainly they figured it out but 
I don't expect the Chiefs to be anything less than the best team in the AFC West. And then you have to take a look at everyone else. Denver got a new quarterback. You know, the Raiders got Devontae Adams. The Chargers upgraded their pass rush. And really, every team in the AFC West upgraded their pass rush. But I... I will go ahead and I'll agree with Field on this because I cannot just see the Kansas City Chiefs being the only team out of that division, barring like some sort of crazy wave of injuries that gets every other team making the playoffs. Like I think it, this would be the it, we uh, stats, stats and info might have this information. I'd be curious to see the last time an entire division made the postseason in this expanded playoff format. It hasn't happened, but before that, maybe um, probably never. But yeah, probably never. Yeah, probably never. Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And yesterday was National Junk Food Day. So coming off of National Hot Dog Day. Yeah, great day as well. Do you have a favorite junk food? Who you got? Hmm. You want it first? I do. Um I have plenty. I mean, Cheez-Its are fantastic. That, that feels I feels a little too clean. Snack. A little too clean too for clean? me. Too clean? Come yeah. on, man. It's carbs. I mean, but still, I think Fine. Junk- Cheetos. Cheetos? Cheetos are, junky? That, that, that's definitely, not a little, that's, a, that's definitely junky. Okay. Um, I, I'm more of the, instead of like the sweet and savory, I'm like a salty person. Like, give me chips, give me dip, give mm-hmm. me... Anything that's kind of got that savory side of it. So mm. I will go Cheetos, maybe Doritos, those ruffles. Like the plain ruffles are really good. Yeah. Um, good. Not a big candy person. So yeah. I know a lot of people like to binge on that stuff. That would give me a sugar high and a crash. Okay, I'm Can't going, afford that when I'm hosting radio. Okay, yeah. We, I mean, I think it's worth it. I'm going iced honey buns. Those things oh, are classic. delightful. And that classic. is junk food, right? Like you eat one of those and you, you feel immediately disgusting. I've never had one. What? Wow! Never oh. had one. It's okay. gas station food, and like I look at those, I'm like, how sure long has are. that been? How long has that been sitting on the shelf? Has that been here since 2004? Not a problem. Who cares? Not a problem. Not a problem at all in my book. Listen, it's not like if it were a day old, that would be like considered healthy. So I'm like, if it's ten days old, it's I still good. So that's it's it's essentially a packaged cinnamon roll. Yes, with like more or less. caked on frosting. You know the frost you know, cinnamon rolls. You can get fresh, warm, like drizzled frosting. Mm-hmm. This is like the frosting has basically been caked over, so it has not a crunch to it, but you have to kind of bite through it. It's delicious. Now it's also like I, I think each one of them has like one thousand nine hundred and twelve calories in it for a it honey bun. I mean, it's not quite that many, but it's probably close. See this? Re- okay, now you've sent me down the rabbit hole. Yeah, like this reminds me of those little Debbie snacks. You know, Delightful. the little, like the um, yeah, so good. It's individually wrapped like Christmas trees yep. and the what do they call them? Zebra cakes. Those are fantastic. Yeah. Like I'll go ahead and, and stray from my savory train to say that I would include that in, but I haven't had those in so long. Meat and overnight. I've been told Cam has confirmed day, only like, five hundred and seventy calories. That. Oh, that's I, not bad. That's get have two. Not bad. I mean, I'll have two. Then you, have then three you hit your daily right uh, saturated fat total. I've got a long drive ahead of me today. I'm not going to be able to stop for food. I got to make something. I might have to bring a couple honey buns. There you go. I mean, caffeine boost. Mm. Who needs it when you have the sugar high that comes from Fields honey Great buns? Um, maybe they'll have some honey buns on Barton Hunt. I don't know. Amber Wilson, Mike Wells, hosting Barton Hunt coming up next. ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. 
and also available wherever you get your podcast.